Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, another wild week. Donald Trump, of course, in the forefront. When I when I prepare my topics for this show, every week I consistently try to keep Trump out of my notes because you have available to you, I have available to me all day on the radio, in the newspaper, in magazines. We can get no time away from Donald Trump. And there are other things going on in this world, important things, things that people should know, be aware of, would be interested in. So tonight I thought I had put together a short show uh, as regards Donald Trump. Unfortunately, excuse me for yelling, uh, I have breaking news. I sound like a real broadcaster, don't I? I have breaking news. And this happened late this afternoon, and I want to share it with you. And here's what the story is. The tariff war between the United States and China. Uh, They were going at each other's throats for the jugular. Uh, Trump doesn't give up, and China's not going to give up. I've been telling you for weeks, and I've been writing about this, China isn't going to give up. You don't screw around with an Asian, with an Oriental, the way Trump has been doing. You don't insult them. Saving face is more important than anything else. So now Trump comes out and says, well, he's going to impose on them more tariffs. As of September 1st, 25% more in this, 10% more in that. And it's the backbreaker. It is the backbreaker. Uh, And the Chinese said, well, we'll have to retaliate. We're not saying what we're going to do, but we're going to retaliate. And you don't know what they're going to do. Uh, uh, So it became a question. Is someone going to blink first? It It reminds me, this whole scenario reminds me of the Cuban Missile Crisis when Kennedy and Khrushchev, the uh, Russian ships, our ships, they are in the Caribbean, just off Key West, between Key West and Cuba, and they're going at each other. They are going at each other. They're going to start a goddamn war, excuse me for swearing. None of us could believe it. Military vessels, big time, they're going to start a war. And we put a shot across their bow. And they still kept coming at each other. And then all of a sudden, the Russian ship turned around. All of the Russian ships turned around, and they went home. (laughs) And it was all done. It was over. So that's what you call who is going to blank first. And with regard to the China-United States situation, again, it was who's going to blank first. Uh, Who's going to get a little concerned and walk away from the problem? at least for a while. One thing Trump has been saying, and he's been wrong, erroneous, could not be any worse when it came to the truth, because he doesn't understand. I'm not saying he's lying this time. Uh, His position was that we, the United States, were making money off this tariff war with China. We had already made billions of dollars, because China's the one who's going to pay tariffs, and even more tariffs, and everyone keeps telling him, the newspapers write about it. It's on TV that the person who imposes the tariff is the one that takes the beating. Uh, but he couldn't understand this. Well, I think someone got across to him, and he finally does understand it. 
so this afternoon, he announced, don't forget, he's in trouble all the way around. The market's been dropping over this thing with China and everything else, and that's the only good thing he has to talk about is that the market's still up, and it's been going down. He had three bad days in a row. Anyhow, he said today the United States will delay imposition of the tariffs uh, for some of the items involved, not all of them, but some of them, like including cell phones, laptops, video game cassettes, um, footwear, clothing. Interesting. I don't know, a few other things also. And he's going to withhold the imposition of the tariffs until after Christmas because he didn't want uh, the United States consumers, those of us who are going to buy Christmas gifts, to have imposed upon us more expensive, the items would be more expensive. Well, that isn't what he's been saying. He's been saying our items are going to be cheap. It's going to cost China more money. Today he switched positions. Someone must have gotten through him, through his thick skull. I say this respectfully. And he finally understood the way tariffs work is the country that imposes them is going to have the higher prices. Okay, so be that what it may, we're not going to have this tariff war. It's put off until after Christmas. Typical Trump uh, game, uh, as we are aware, he starts a crisis. He commits chaos. Chaos all over. He loves it. And then all of a sudden he backs off. And this is what he did here. But I didn't think this was going to be a back-off situation because it's been going on longer than the rest of them have. Uh, And so that's the story there. He blinked, and hopefully, I hope this thing with China gets resolved between now and Christmas. It isn't healthy. We are on the verge of a worldwide recession because of this tariff war. We're, we're breaking the economy of a lot of countries, the United States and China, because of this tariff war. And you can't blame China, but the fact remains, there is this war ongoing. They've got to resolve it. And Trump's got to stop. Attacking people and hitting people, threatening people, threatening countries. You don't do this. I don't think he's capable of doing it, but that's what he should do. So the end of breaking news. Now, here's what I was going to start with tonight. I was going to talk, my first three items, some local colors, some Key West color here. I don't talk enough about Key West out here, and this is Key West Lou. Uh, and that's because, again, there's been so much Trump stuff. Uh, well, Let's, let me share some items with you today. On August 11th, that's only what, two days ago, 1941, uh, we had a raid down here, a police raid. You have to understand that Key West, back in the 1940s, back in the 1950s, in the 1920s, in the 1930s, had a lot of whorehouses, houses of ill repute. Uh, now, the Navy had a large contingency of its personnel here. We had a big naval base. We had an air base. Uh, the Navy was all over the place. Uh, and when these fellas were off duty, they went to the, 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 the ladies of the night at the House of Ill Repute, to say it nicely, and they had sex. They paid for it. Uh, problem was two reasons. The Navy didn't like it. One, these guys are getting all kinds of diseases. And in those days, most of the diseases could not be handled. You know, a shot of penicillin and the problem disappears. It wasn't that way. And uh, the other thing was, it was basically immoral. And we are a Christian nation. Uh, This is immoral. And if we 
can stop them. It's the Navy. We should do it. We should not condone their activities in this regard. There was a place, very popular place, for 20 years in the 40s and 50s called Mom's Tea Room. Isn't that a nice name? Mom's Tea Room. Uh, to this day, I haven't been able to determine what her real name was. Anyhow, it's Mom's Tea Room. And she was periodically raided. Uh, she was closed down three times. But, you, you know, they closed, she was closed down twice in Key West, once in Stock Island. They closed her down in one place. A couple of weeks later, she opened up somewhere else. This was when she was on Stock Island. Uh, her house of ill repute was near Fort uh, Zachary Taylor. It was raided by the police. Three women were arrested for prostitution. Mom never got in trouble. Three women were arrested for prostitution. Uh, all right. The Navy's happy. The police are happy. Uh, Mom's probably happy they haven't closed her down this time. And you have to understand also, and I don't know how this plays in, but there was a steady steady group of prostitutes coming through Key West. Prostitution in the 40s and 50s was under the control and the dominance of the mafia, organized crime. They brought the girls in. They took them out every week or two and brought new girls in, et cetera, et cetera. So there was all kinds of pressures and problems involved here. And this is, the, this is what we had. We had prostitution here. Now, do we have prostitution here today? I wrote about this recently, this past week, I think. Uh, many people think, oh, boy, you live in Key West, or, oh, boy, I'm going on vacation to Key West, and they think this is a wild place. Trust me, I've been there almost 30 years. This is an extremely conservative community. I know you find this hard to believe, especially if you've been on Duval Street. But Key West is more than four or five blocks of Duval Street where the bars are and the nightlife, et cetera. I go, if I'm lucky, on Duval Street once a year. And most people who live here don't go there because who wants to go to a tourist bar every night where everyone's getting drunk? They're on vacation. They're getting drunk every night. And they're raising hell. You can only do that so long in your life, and then you have to stop. And there's so many other places in town off of Duval, nice restaurants, nice bars, uh, people that you know, family people. We're a big church-going community. You have no idea how packed the Catholic Church here is every Sunday morning. I, didn't, I don't see this in New York City. I don't see this in my former home, Utica, New York. Packed, packed, standing room only. So, and we don't have. Houses of ill repute, you know, we don't have whorehouses. I've been here almost 30 years. There's never been a whorehouse. Uh, we have clubs, gentlemen's clubs, uh, where the girls strip and they do dances and the men drink. And then at 4 in the morning when the place closes, some of the guys hopefully will make a deal with one of the girls and the girls take them home and they have their sex at the girl's house. But it's not a whorehouse. It's just a place where people meet. Uh, what we... What we do have, and what's becoming a problem or going to be a problem, I think, are massage parlors. Massage parlors, and I've talked about them and written about them also recently. Uh, all of a sudden, in the last two months, I see signs for Asian massage parlors in four different places in town. And they are not prominent places. It's like not down an alleyway, but sort of down an alleyway on a side street. They got a little sign in front with a narrow Asian massage parlor. 
And I see one, I see two, I see three, I see four. I said, oh, my God, what's going on in town? I'm assuming, because I'm not a customer, and I haven't found anyone that's been there yet. Uh, It might be a a tourist place, but I'm assuming that you go in there and you pay X number of dollars and you can get a massage, and for a little more money you can get something else, or you can go in there and pay your massage money plus a little something else, skip the massage and get right down to it. You recall that the owner of the... uh, New England Patriots, where we see in Miami or Fort Lauderdale, he went twice to an Asian massage parlor in one day. They happened to be watching the place. They were taking pictures inside. Now he's got a few problems. But we don't have prostitution down here. I, we have escort services. I think there's one in the phone book. Uh, that's not a house of ill repute. This uh, is the way it is. People find this hard to believe. Christian community. I'm not trying to sell it to you. I'm telling you. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, And, again, the people who live here like me stay away from Duval because it's just one bar after another. you got to get inebriated. I like to drink. Or I like to drink. I have to say not in the past tense. But uh, not the way it's done there. I mean, they're plastered every day. And the bars go to 4 in the morning. God forbid you leave before 4 o'clock in the morning. So that's the story there. Want to talk about now, I'm still with Key West, the Pier House Motel. The Pier House is a fantastic hotel, not motel here. Uh, it's where the chart room's located. Uh, my favorite haunt, my favorite bar in Key West is the chart room, uh, which is primarily a local's place. Good mixture of tourists come in, though. But it's a, a local's place and has been forever and ever. The Pier House Motel opened, opened in on August 11th, this month again, in 1968, it opened as a 50-unit motel on the water. Now, the pier house is on the Gulf side of the island, the, and then there's the Atlantic side. And, during, and up to that time, on the Atlantic side is where the motels were going up. We really didn't have hotels back there in 41 or 68 rather there were still motels and some new ones had gone in after world war ii but nothing special uh but a man by the name of david walkowski you've heard me talk about him before you may have read about him uh one of my friends i gotta say it that way i miss him terribly everyone who knew him misses him he died about a year and a half ago at the age of 99. uh david's father and grandfather were were lived here uh, made their fortunes here, ran a retail business, and I don't know what else. Uh, David went off to the University of Pennsylvania, then spent I don't know how many years in Philadelphia itself in real estate, made himself a bundle of money, made himself a millionaire, not a Donald Trump millionaire, a for real millionaire. And he came back at the age of 40 to Key West, set for life. He wasn't going to work. He was going to enjoy his life. Now, Key West, back in those days, and we're talking about in the early 60s, was nothing. Yet the streets were primarily dirt. The buildings on Duval, they were, they were wood shacks. What? What? Okay, they'd be blown away in a hurricane. If there was a fire, all black would go down right away. Uh, where he built the motel, which was on the Gulf side, and also happens to be the west side of the island, the Atlantic's the east side, on the west side of the island, uh, it was dirt. It was mud. Ships didn't even put in there. It was filthy. It was no good. 
uh, there was an old building that he, he he bought as part of the deal, and he moved it and made a restaurant out of it on, on the ocean or on the Gulf. But that was it. But he saw something there. He thought that end of town. And this is where Duval begins, my friends, because the Pier House is zero Duval, right on the water, west side of town, on the Gulf. He saw something, and he built this beautiful 50-unit motel. You have to see pictures of it. It was today-type construction. It was modern. It was attractive. It was the place to be. And he did a good business. Within a year, he put up another 50 units. And eventually, he built what today stands there as the Bear House. He finally sold it for, I don't know, 100 and some odd million dollars. Uh, but he kept it all those years, remodeled it a couple of times. Now, where am I going with all this? He's a man whose name you should remember. He is known. He is considered to have been the father of, the, of modern Key West. He saw Key West could be turned into a tourist town. It could have beautiful, a beautiful community, a beautiful main street, and other things here. And, and he just had the foresight, and he did it. He did it all. Uh, now, interestingly, too, the first year he was open, uh, people came to see him. He knew people all over the world. This guy was interesting. Truman Capote, the author, came. Truman Capote came right after he opened. And he spent almost a whole year at the Pier House Motel. He was one of the first celebrity guests there. Uh, good one to have. He wrote a book while he was here. I don't recall the name because the book didn't sell well, that particular book, or it would stick in my mind. But uh, And he got along very well with David. Everyone got along with David, let me tell you. And David got along with everyone. So that's another story, uh, some local color about Key West. Okay, now we're going to talk about hurricanes, which is still Key West. We're in the middle of hurricane season. Uh, they say if we can make it to October 1st, don't worry. Uh, well, that's what they used to say when I first came down here close to 30 years ago. They've now moved that up to November 30th, two months later, because we keep getting the hurricanes later and later. But scientifically, the experts say the next two weeks are the worst till the 1st of October. It's the time, by worst, means the time when we can get hit. Uh, I talked about this last week. I may have written about it. I don't recall. Uh, I wanted to know how the hurricane season was doing, because after Irma, anyone who was here for Irma, it bothered us. I mean, I skipped, I left town, I came back, I lived with it for two months afterwards. Uh, it's just, it was terrible. It was horrible. Horrible to see the eyes. Anyhow, last week, there was an article in the paper that said, we're not going to have a bad hurricane season here in Key West. And the reason is, you have to understand, my friends, that our hurricanes generally come out of Africa. Yep. They, they form outside of Africa, the western side of Africa. They run across the Atlantic, and then they hit somewhere on uh, the Atlantic seaboard or into the Caribbean. Uh, and they grow bigger as they get here. And the reason they grow bigger as they get closer is because, and one of the reasons Key West is generally warm 365 days a year and doesn't have snow, for example, is because we have warm water. The Gulf waters are warm that they're bringing up from south, uh, the, the southern Caribbean. And uh, the warm waters mean the hurricanes are getting stronger, but they also move. 
and they'll generally move to the north, so we're lucky. But what's happened now is El Nino is gone. El Nino, by the way, is on the west coast. This gets confusing. El Nino is on the west coast, the Pacific. And what it does, though, the wind is so strong with El Nino that that wind crosses the United States at a high level. It doesn't bring a hurricane into Florida, for example, but its high winds come across the United States. And when El Nino comes across and it meets with a hurricane coming out of Africa, it moves the hurricane. It bumps it. So the hurricane that's on its way to Key West sort of makes a right turn and goes back up and out into the Atlantic, almost a complete reversal. Actually, it's about 45 or 90 degrees. Uh, So that's the story. So we weren't going to have many hurricanes. They said, we'll be lucky if we we get 30% of the times with hurricanes, we're lucky. Turns out they came out with a new report over the weekend. El Nino, see, winds are fickle. If you've ever sailed, you know winds are fickle. You've got a great wind. You're moving in your sailboat. All of a sudden, you're sitting still. You can't move because the wind's gone. There's no wind. Uh, wind is fickle. It comes and goes. It changes directions. And El Nino and the hurricanes, this is wind, big, powerful wind, but it's wind. And wind is fickle. And uh, so now they're saying we've got a 45% chance of getting hit with a hurricane because El Nino's gone. Uh, they say also that if we should, if you're going to have a hurricane this bad, it'll come in the next two weeks. Well, I want to tell you something. Irma was, I forget when was Irma. No, Irma was earlier. Irma was in September, September 11th. George's Andrew came later in the season. Anyhow, that's the story. We're supposed to be bad for the next two weeks, then it's supposed to get easier. I don't believe it's going to get easier because I think we've been threatened with hurricanes for the last 30 years. We've had about seven or eight, and we were probably threatened more with another dozen. But at the last minute, they swerved south or they swerved north, and we didn't get in any trouble. But that is the story about how hurricanes are working. El Nino is gone someplace, and we're in trouble now because El Nino is gone. Okay, where am I now? I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi. I want to start off with this phrase. Cruelty knows no bonds, bounds. Cruelty knows no bounds. What am I talking about? You know and I know. Ice in one city in the state of Mississippi uh, committed seven raids at No, six raids at seven plants or seven raids at six plants, whatever it was, and arrested 687 illegal immigrants. They were working in chicken factories. 687. The biggest raid ever for one given day in the United States. Congratulations, Donald Trump. Uh, Now, there's a sadness involved in all this. Nothing's ever done right, especially when it comes to children, ICE, and immigration. It was the opening day of school. I should have known. It's the opening day of school. So now they go to the plants. They arrest 687 people. Now, these six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, 11-year-olds are waiting for mom and pop or mom or pop to stop by and pick them up after school. No one comes. Most of them don't have anyone coming to pick them up and take them home. You saw it on TV. You saw it in videos on the Internet. I saw, what, a seven or eight 
year old girl crying like a baby. She was a baby. I want my mother. My mother's no criminal, okay? Uh, just awful, awful, awful. Uh, then now, the next day they said, well, we didn't arrest all these people. We only detained them. We detained them. I don't know what the hell the difference is. They're still detaining people for how many months in California? Uh, because they call it detention doesn't mean it's not an arrest. Most of these people are Latinos, okay? Uh, they are, they are, Trump doesn't like uh, Latinos. Trump does not like Latinos. Sanders, running for president, said this created a, quote, terror, what they did. Uh, he also said, and I quote, it's a racist agenda. Bernie Sanders said this is a racist agenda on the part of the president. I think he's correct. Biden said, and I quote, regarding Trump, he is morally unfit to lead the country. He is morally unfit to lead the country, and I think so, too, there. And I wouldn't be surprised if more stuff comes out of the woodwork now in the next several months before any election comes up again concerning whatever he may have been involved in uh, with some other women. Now, there is a cry in this country, maybe not amongst the hard-ass Republicans, but there is a cry in this country that ICE should be broken up, and I agree. Let me tell you something. ICE was nothing when Trump became president. All of a sudden, Trump had a vision, and he made them bigger and bigger. He got them more and more money, and these bills, there was a little thing saying, oh, we're going to give ICE X number of dollars for this and for that. And they've grown strong. And these guys look like bulls. Look them up on the Internet, pictures of them. They're tough. (laughs) They're all tough. They're scary. And I believe this, and I've said this so many times and I've written written it, I believe Trump's ice are Hitler's Gestapo. Just as Hitler created and built up the Gestapo in the 1930s in Germany, ice is being built up by Trump in the United States at the present time. Why? Because with this guy, you don't know if he's going to want to take over the government. He, I, I'm sorry, you think I'm crazy. He wants to be president forever. He wants to be Putin. He wants to be Kim Jong-un. He wants to be the president of China. He wants to be there forever. And the only way he can do it is with power at some point, a reason, and then do it. And that's his power base. Ice is his power base, the guns in the hand. El Paso and Dayton. Horrible, horrible. And it's the same all the time. Everyone, a president, you know, Republicans, Democrats, everyone's going to do something. It's going to get done this time. It should have been done. How many years ago when 20, 22 kids got killed in one school and they were what, six, seven years old? It should have been done at Parkland when the situation occurred one or two years ago. And now comes especially El Paso, uh, again, a Latino place. Um, And it just doesn't make sense what happened there. And this stuff's got to stop. So now everyone, Donald Trump says, oh, we've got to do something. Right away, he minimized, though, probably we've got to have stronger background inspections. Uh, And that's true. That's the weakest of anything they can do. What they've got to do is get rid of the military equipment, those guns of war. That's what's killing people in seconds, 15 people in 30 seconds. (coughs) 
They've got to be gotten rid of by law. You've got to get rid of those big magazines. You've got to do a hell of a lot of other things. You've got to do more than background inspections. And this is the time to push for it because this is the time the people are finally aroused more than they ever been, I think. And there's an election coming up. Trump's going to give in a little bit. The NRA's going to give in a little bit. The Republicans under Mohawk, was it Moscow, Mitch are going to give in a little bit, but it's not going to be anywhere near enough. It's what they should have done 15, 20 years ago. So the Democrats have to go for it. And if you want to guarantee that they're going to get it, you vote Democratic in the next uh, in the 2020 election. You vote Democratic for House of Representatives, for the United States Senate, very important, and for the President of the United States. It's the only way we're really ultimately going to take care of this problem. Well, I didn't cover as much as I intended to tonight. However, this is the show for this evening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoy doing the show. I love it. Uh, I do a blog every morning. I've been telling you that every week now. Keywestlou.com. Keywestlou.com. If you like what I'm talking about here, you'll enjoy reading my blog. If you don't enjoy the show, uh, you will uh, not enjoy my blog. 60,000 people subscribe to that blog, though. I want you to know after 13 years, i got 60,000 subscribers. And I'd like you to join me on the blog. I know you will enjoy it if you do read it. So that's the show for tonight. Uh, I'm Louis Patron, and I'm signing off, saying good night, and I look forward to being with you again next week.